Good day. This is Michael Wardy, Certified Financial Planner and Regional Director at Source HOV Tax. Thank you for listening to the only dedicated tax incentives podcast available in the world. The goal for these podcasts is to deliver information that can be useful and applicable to your business. We interview experts in their fields to talk specifically about their specialty and give some thoughts, insights, and stories, and when they can, advice on how to best approach a project. Today, we have in the studio um, uh, Peter Corley with the MPA Group out of the UK, and we're going to be talking specifically about the Research and Development Tax Credit for the UK, and some of the challenges, hurdles, and benefits, and also talk about industries um, that could benefit from this. So thank you, Peter, for joining us. That's okay. Uh, Peter. I made a high-level introduction about you and your company. Can you give some additional insight and some background on the MPA Group and your services? Yeah, the MPA Group are an R&D tax specialist in the UK. We're originally an accountancy company that has been doing the R&D tax credits for the last 12 years. In the UK, we have just under 800 clients that we do their claims for on the R&D tax credits. Um, we employ, we're different to a lot of accountants because we employ specialists not only in accountancy and tax, but we also employ engineers and IT specialists. So when you're looking at R&D tax credits, you know, our engineers are able to assess the claims in more detail for the client. That's great. That's great. Okay, so Peter, as we go through this, I've been on the R&D side here in the U.S. for about 15 years, so a lot of my questions are going to be from my perspective here in the States, uh, so yeah. hopefully you can uh, relate those. Um, so within the States, there's been a lot of uh, uh, changes that have gone on to make it more taxpayer-friendly tax for the Research and Development Tax Credit. Um, what's different now versus three years or five years ago within the UK for the Research and Development Tax Credit in particular? For the Research and Development Tax Credit in the UK, there's a lot of differences within the number of people claiming um, would be the main thing. If you go back three to five years ago, there was probably around a third less companies that claimed. People are a lot more aware of the scheme. The scheme has been running for 19 years now. Whereas it, it was a slow take-up at the beginning, there's a lot more accountants and R&D specialists and lots of companies now offering the services to companies in the UK to file the claims for them. So it's, it's become more well-known. Um, it's just how people see it. Again, HMRC you know, are currently are running behind on the, file, on the um, administration of the claims. So, you know, because there's a higher number it's taken a lot longer to go through. So people that have claimed for many years are used to getting their money, their reclaim back after sort of four weeks, currently are waiting four to five months. So that has a knock-on effect wow. to a lot of companies who have claimed regularly and expecting the money at a certain time after the claim. So, you know, there's a lot of people chasing HMRC on that side of things. Regarding the rules and regulations on the R&D tax credit scheme, there has been small changes. Um, over the five years, the amounts you can claim back. There's different things they're looking at at the moment. Um, just, you know, you've got two different schemes. You've got the small scheme and the large company scheme. So again, they've, you know, the large company scheme, four or five years ago now, they changed that. So 
any loss-making company from the large company scheme could actually also receive a cash benefit, whereas before they couldn't. So it's, you know, they're very good schemes in the UK. It does encourage um, innovation and growth within the UK, which is you know, what MPA as a company was set up to help with. Um, it's not just about claiming the tax benefit back. It's about what you're doing and how you can use that money to further grow the company. Sure, sure. So within the states, there's been expansion of the definition of what qualifies for the research development tax credit. And before it used to be that you needed to be doing work that was brand new to the world, and now there's been an, an expansion of the definition to where if you're doing work that's new to you as a company, and you're following technological type activities that you can qualify for the research and development tax credit. Is that similar within the UK that, you know, how does the definition apply for companies? Yeah, it, it's similar. It's, it sound, the words you use sound very similar to what's used in the UK. But, you know, HMRC would say you're seeking a technological advance or overcoming technological or scientific uncertainties. So if, you're, you know, if it's something new for yourself as a company, that, that information could just be readily available. Yes, you're going to have to do trial and error, but you could have effectively... You know, if you'd have done your research, you could have found out how to do it. And that's, you know, that's not claimable. It has to be, you know, there has to be a reasoning for the claim. So, like I say, technological uncertainty, you, you know, trial and error. Not, you know, they have a phrase, that is the information readily available or deducible by a competent professional? You know, if a competent professional could see how you've done what you've done and work out, well, is that really R&D? So from HMRC's point of view, that would be in the UK, that would be no. Um, but it's also, you know, going back a few years, everyone thought it was men in white coats in, in laboratories that could claim. Again, that's not true. We work with a lot of engineering companies who will be working for, you know, doing parts for larger companies, maybe some of the big car companies, for example, and they're machining the parts for them. But they still have to work out a machining process, tooling, etc., to develop for that part. So that's where their R and D is. So I didn't really answer the question, I suppose. But it's it's not strict, as in you have to have a new product. It's about the process you go through. So is that process known and standard? Then no, you couldn't claim. But you know, if it's a different process and you're trialling it differently, then yes, you could claim. Sure. No, that definitely answered the question. That definitely did. I appreciate that. Mm. What about, for the audience, um, we have a large number of um, listeners within the U.S. Uh, we are yeah. starting to expand outside of the U.S., but can you share a case study or a client scenario that's been able to benefit from your services? Yeah, we have many different clients um, under the different schemes. We have clients in the U.K. Uh, where they're, Owners or the within the group structure, maybe head offices in the U.S. Um, they can still claim within the U.K. for the U.K. part of the company. We have you know, we work with a lot of companies in the U.K. that subcontract their work around the world. They can still claim it to do what with what's in the U.K. accounts. Obviously, if it's a very large U.S.-based company, for example, and it's a small company in the U.K., they would look at the ownership structure but it still may, might make them a large company for R&D tax credit purposes. The difference in the large and the small schemes 
is on the small scheme it could be 33 pence in a pound, so 33% of your expenditure back, whereas on the large scheme it's under 10%. So it's quite a difference from what you can get back. But as, like I say, we work with many um, companies in different industries where they're based all around the world. So it's, you know, you're looking at what happens in the UK. So companies in the US, if they've got offices in the UK, you should certainly look at how can they use that um, costs and can they claim any of it under the R&D tax credits. Sure. And we've, uh, you and I have spoken offline um, over the past couple of weeks about some clients that are doing specifically on the financial technology area. Uh, yeah, big area now. It's a huge area here in the States and what I've recognized in a lot of our clients is they have a large presence in the UK. Is that something that you're seeing yeah. is that the, the financial technology is growing in the UK? Yeah, massively so. With the platforms and a lot of the development work, there's a lot of companies um, in the UK, mainly London-based to be fair, on the fintech side. We've worked with quite a few. There's you know different levels of fintech companies. A lot of, you know you'll get a lot of startups where they'll build some, build a platform for example, an exchange, whatever they're looking to do. And once they've got it to a certain level, they will be acquired by a bigger company. Um, so they're there for the growth, yeah. the development. And then, you know, it, there's lots of things going on with that industry. Because it's the software and databases, that side of things. There's a lot of growth everywhere on that, on that sort of um, technology. So the technology is obviously getting more advanced and more people want to do different things with it. But the fintech, you know, that's just, we've just seen a big increase in the number of clients we've got in that sector. Um, and again, most of what they do is R&D. So they're developing something new, so that's, they've got very big claims. Definitely. We're, we're seeing the same thing. So one question mm. that we get from clients um, when we first meet them is, well, two things. One is that it seems too good to be true, which we'll talk about in a second. But for, the, for my question right now is, is it easy enough for a company to do themselves? If a company, a startup, or an established company that has uh, R&D here in the States, and then as well as in the UK, we get some companies that say, you know what, this just doesn't, doesn't seem that complicated. We can do this ourselves. Do you guys see that this is an area that a company should take on themselves, or you know, why hire a specialty firm to do this? Um, obviously, we wouldn't recommend they do it for themselves. They can do. They can. <laughs> you can do. Let's put that out here. Obviously, any, if you're a company and you meet the criteria, you can claim. But you know, if it's the first time you've done it or you're doing it yourself, you're only doing it once a year, how do you know what is currently R&D? How can you assess that? And what we do find, people are naturally cautious, so they will look at what they've done that may be not. R&D that may be R&D so they won't put everything into the claim and it's not just about what you put in it's having how do they write a technical report how do they know what HMRC want to know um, so once you've done that and if HMRC were to ask in questions or inquire about the claim do they know how to defend the claim so working with someone like the MPA group not only do we identify all the R&D write all the technical reports through our engineers and experts but if HMRC have any questions, we'll deal with it. If there's any inquiries, we fully defend any inquiries. So you're getting a fully managed process. And, you know, to sit there and write your own technical report, decide what's R&D, 
it's very time consuming. So, you know, paying someone else like ourselves from your claim to do that for you has more benefit the benefit of the time saving, the security and knowing you're maximum maximizing your entitlement. Because um, if you're going to claim, you should be making sure you claim for everything that you can claim for. Absolutely. That's, that's our argument over here is, and we've seen it, where companies have been claiming the credit and they're claiming a fraction because they don't know to go beyond uh, what they see mm. as you know, obvious R&D. There's more to it than just that. So, Peter, we yeah. talked a little bit about the FinTech area. What other industries do you guys see that there's good, true R&D happening? Manufacturing, the manufacturing industry. Um, if you look at HMRC stats, you know there's a lot of work to be done there. And uh, construction, again, another sector. The construction sector is a very, very big sector, as I'm sure it is in the US. It's, they just they're not into claiming the R&D tax credits as much as they should. Um, they don't always see what they do with R&D. So we work. We're starting to work with a lot of construction companies. It's a big area of opportunity. But you know, you think of most companies involved in IT, engineering, manufacturing, construction. People, anyone that's making anything, developing anything, they've all got potential to have a claim. It's a lot more wide-reaching. You know, if you went through our client base and put them into different sectors, it's very different. Um, there's some in there. You know, food, food and drinks. There's another big, big sector. Um, there's lots of things you can see where people can claim. It's just, you know, my point of view is always, if you're not sure, ask an expert to have a look. You know, because you never know. You could have a claim. If you haven't, at least you know you haven't. But there's always an opportunity that you could have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very similar to here. Um, another question that I have for you is, and we get this all the time, I'm sure you get this statement, it sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? And when we talk with clients, the, the, the ones where they're tr truly doing R&D are the ones that always ask that question. It's the ones that aren't that really, <clears throat> they jump over that question. So are there, are there things that clients should watch out for, either from their own internal what they're doing? You know, again, what's that catch? What are the hurdles? What are the challenges? But also from a provider standpoint, because like, like in the UK, we're having a large number of of consultants that are claiming to be specialists in this area, it just they don't have the right resources or the the depth of knowledge and experience to be able to um, support an R&D claim. So, what should clients really look for? What should companies look for? Is there a catch to this? There's there's no catch. It's a HMR scheme, HMRC scheme. Um, so, as long as you're claiming in the right way, you should be claiming. The catch is, again, going back some many years, there wasn't many companies like ourselves that were able to do claims. There's a lot more people now confessing to be able to be experts in the sector. But you know, a lot of them are small companies with a few members of staff or they're just accountants without the technical knowledge of engineering and IT, etc. You know, from our point of view, because we employ the engineers, we employ people that have worked in IT. We employ people that worked in construction. So when they're coming out to see you, they know your industry. They know what R&D is. They know what other people have done. So you're not putting stuff in the claim that is just standard in the industry. Well, if someone didn't know, 
it was a, a, an accountant come to see you and you he was speaking to one of your engineers and they were talking about some some construction you've done the, the accountant oh right that sounds really good yeah that's definitely our but that might be a standard industry process you're using that wouldn't qualify so having that technical knowledge about the sector not just about the scheme itself on the tax and financial side is very important when you're looking for someone to partner with you to do to do your claims so and there's lots of companies that offer um, very small rates for doing it I would look into that why is it such small so if you're in an inquiry are they going to defend the claim for you there's lots of things to assess but you know if it sounds too good to be true you know the people say it usually is but with the R&D tax credits it isn't we like I say we work with over 800 companies and they've all had very good claims um, tax credit back some of it people have invested to develop new more products which is you know what we want them to be doing because they will then do more R&D it helps British innovation grow grows that side of things for the UK which ultimately is what the schemes there for and um, so again it's worth speaking to a professional in the industry with the experience of someone like ourselves of that you know 12 years experience of doing many claims we understand and we're able to give you a proper full managed service that's great thank you and I appreciate that all right Peter thank you again for your time I truly appreciate that um, before we go though I want to share your email address with for any of the listeners and I'll have it on the um, the logo on the podcast but Peter your email address for anyone anyone to contact you can you please share that yeah it's Peter dot Corley which is P-E-T-E-R dot Corley C-O-R-L-E-Y at the M-P-A group dot co dot U-K so it's T-H-E-M-P-A G-R-O-U-P dot co dot U-K perfect all right Thank you for listening. I hope you found this information to be valuable. As I mentioned in every other podcast, there are more episodes coming shortly, so please subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive updates on future, future podcasts as they come out.